Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's another Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Heavy NFL talk tonight, and we'll continue that here. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan option in real time. Rocket can. Well, they were undefeated until this past Sunday night. Now they have to fight off the San Francisco 49ers to fall to uh, stop from falling to 5-2. and two. Here to give us some Seahawk insight from the News Tribune up there in Seattle, their uh, beat reporter for the Seahawks, Greg Bell. Greg, Jody McDonald here in New York. How are things up there in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, we're okay, Jody. We're still locked down, unfortunately, like we were since March, but we're getting through it, thanks. You and everybody else, you just yeah, got a little exactly. bit of a jump on a couple other uh, areas and towns and states across our country. Um, well, the Seahawks were like a virus going through teams the first five weeks of the season then came tumbling back to earth a little bit uh, against the Cardinals. Um, what's the feel like in Seattle these days? All right, fine, we're not going undefeated. Or, you know, our defense couldn't even stop Gonzaga, and they don't even have a football team. Which is the uh, top sentiment in Seattle these days? Yeah, Gonzaga would have scored against them last week. They would have scored against them all, all season, Jody. Yeah, that's the concern. Even when they were undefeated, they knew that wasn't sustainable and would, they would not win a Super Bowl playing defense like that. The biggest issue is the pass rush and their pressure on quarterbacks and giving quarterbacks too much time to throw. When Jamal Adams was the starting safety the first two games, first three games, they blitzed a lot. I mean, Adams himself was blitzing sometimes 50%, 60% of snaps in games. And they got some sacks, but they also gave up huge plays. 19 plays, Jody, of 20 more yards in those first three games. Adams strained his groin in the Dallas game, the third game. Hasn't played since then. Probably, I don't think, will play tomorrow. He's listed as questionable, but he hasn't really practiced fully in a month. Since he went out, they've dropped off in coverage. They've blitzed less. They've tried to have the quarterbacks on the other team beat themselves and methodically move down the field rather than beat, get, you know, Seahawks beating the Seahawks deep over the top. Well, that worked against Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, but that conservative, no-pressure, dropping off, keeping plays in front of you did not work against Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Cardinals. They picked him apart. And Carroll said, Pete Carroll said afterwards he made a mistake not changing the game plan in the middle of the game to being more pressure on the quarterback. And that's what they need to They need to find that balance of how much are we going to drop off and not give up the big plays without Adams in there. And then even when Adams comes back, how much are we going to blitz and pressure? And, and I think they're still trying to figure that out in midstream against what is a tough stretch of their schedule right now. The 49ers tomorrow at Buffalo next week, at the Rams the following week, then home to the Cardinals again. So, they're trying to learn on the fly, and when Russell Wilson throws in three interceptions, which he rarely does, they're going to lose. 
And when your defense is playing as badly as Seattle, if Wilson's not perfect, they're going to lose. No, I'm a New York guy. As a matter of fact, I'm a 50-year Jet fan. So you don't have to extol the virtues of Mr. Adams to me. Uh, I know quite well what he's capable of doing. Watched him do it with the Jets, be the only playmaker on the Jet defense for the last several years. But he's new to Seattle. This trade was made this offseason, and by week one, he was the complete and center figure of the Seattle defense, and when he came out, the defense came apart at the seams. Uh, Is that a fault of the coaching staff that they put too many eggs in the Adams basket? Well, Jody, this really traces all the way back to March when they failed to re-sign Jadavion Clowney, offered him $16 or so a year, and he declined it. And then they didn't get Everson Griffin, whom they tried to target in free agency before he signed with Dallas. They could have given Griffin again in a trade for what ended up being just a conditional six-round pick that Detroit got him for. And then they, they finally, Carlos Dunlap, the trade with Cincinnati this past week, the first time they've done something since January to shore up their pass rush. But this team was next to last in the league in sacks last year, 28. They're on pace for even fewer this year. They have just seven by the defensive line in the first six games. Adams is the co-leader in sacks on this team with two, and he hasn't played in a month. <laughs> that tells you what the pass rush is right now. So Adams, what he's almost best at, as you know, is blitzing. And they didn't have somebody who could affect the game blitzing like Jamal Adams. Bruce Irvin's out for the year, so season-ending knee injury. The top rookie pass rusher, second-round pick, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee, hasn't even practiced yet after surgery in January on a leg stress fracture. So Benson Mayoa is the only left of their offseason moves to shore up the pass rush. He's the only one who's done anything. He has two sacks, but he's supposed to be a 50% of the snap type of guy, and he's playing 90 80% of snaps. That's why they traded for Dunlop. They think that Dunlop still has his two-time Pro Bowl stuff left, and that Cincinnati was just shelving him and using him only on third down. That's why he only has one sack. But when Adams comes back, he's still going to pressure the quarterback because he's perhaps their best pass rusher on a team that is really lacking him. One of the guys that I thought they might be able to get a little boost from, at least in the interior of the defensive line, was Snacks Harrison, who they picked up a couple of weeks ago, but we have not seen hide nor hair of Snacks just yet. And that's not easy to do because he's a big guy. (laughs) What's the latest on him? Is he close to being activated and giving that defensive line a boost? Yeah, you would have thought, Jody, that tomorrow against San Francisco would be the time to use Snacks Harrison, run run heavy offense, uh, run stopping defensive tackle, but he's not in game shape. When he they signed him in early October, they, they listed him at 351 pounds. He gives a new meeting to 351. Yeah, he is gigantic, <laughs> and he wasn't in football shape. And yesterday on Friday, Pete Carroll talked about, well, he's got a great week, his best week yet. He's shown he's ready to play. He made it sound like Harrison was going to be the guy. Then on Saturday, they didn't call him up actually called up a rookie, undrafted rookie tight end who's never played defensive end. They converted him there a few weeks ago, Stephen Sullivan, a tight end from LSU, and he's going to play defensive end tomorrow against San Francisco instead of the inside run stopper Harrison. They signed Harrison for a reason. We just haven't seen what the reason is yet. And part of it is that his conditioning wasn't ready. He hasn't played in 10 months since his contract ended with Detroit last December. 
but yes, I, I am surprised that Harrison's not on the roster for tomorrow's game and San Francisco and the run-heavy offense. I saw that you wrote about the uh, tight end turn D end, Stephen Sullivan from LSU, and that he's the kind of guy that you can root for. Is he purely going to play defensive end, or are we going to see a little two-way action in practice this week? Has he taken just defensive snaps, or is he uh, going to be a two-way man? He's just going to play defense now. He hasn't played defensive end since high school, but he's six five. He's fast. He's got a long, lean body with some strength that NFL coaches love at edge rushers to have. The defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr., said he's got a prototypical edge rusher body. And they have been impressed in the last three weeks when he's practiced there. They just saw uh, Saturday put off the injured list. Kobe Parkinson, their 6'7", rookie tight end, fourth-round pick from Stanford. They have enough tight ends. They have Greg Olson. They have Will Disley. They have Luke Wilson. They have Jacob Hollister, who some people think might be dangled in a trade before Tuesday's deadline. They've got enough tight ends, so they won't use Sullivan there. They are going to try him at defensive end, and as I mentioned, they need anyone and anyone who can rush the quarterback right now, and they're even going to try a kid who hasn't done it since high school. All right. Uh, you said Jamal Adams, although questionable, you think it's more like doubtful, if not damn close to out, not being able to play. I believe Chris Carson was also questionable on the last Seattle injury report. They've got some other options at running back, but I still believe Carson is their best option. Is he going to get some game time in Sunday? I'd be surprised if that happens. He had a sprained foot, and Carol has mentioned that the MRI showed something in there, which is Carol's speak for some kind of structural damage usually. They need him for December and January. They don't need him on November 1st, even though this is a division game. Carlos Hyde is also out, too, the number two back. Rashad Penny is supposed to be the number two back, and he's still on injured reserve after reconstructed knee surgery last December. You're starting to see why the Seahawks are hesitant to give Chris Carson a new contract offer. He's in the last year of his deal, 2,400 yards rushing combined the last two years, but he has yet to finish an NFL season injury-free. Matter of fact, he hasn't been injury-free since going way back to junior college for him. He was banged up in wrist and hand injuries at Oklahoma State before the Seahawks drafted him. The position is one of attrition in this league, and that's what the Rams learned with Todd Gurley. It's why it's, people don't draft him highly in the first round anymore. Buyer beware when you're paying running backs, and you can see on the Seahawks' home situation why that is. It's going to be Travis Homer and DJ Dallas against San Francisco, it looks like, Jody. Travis Homer, they value for third downs because he's a better pass protector. DJ Dallas, the rookie fourth-round pick, got overwhelmed in pass protection in overtime when the Cardinals brought every single person in the desert after Russell Wilson. So I think you're going to see Travis Homer in on third downs, maybe the earlier carries going to DJ Dallas because Homer's that much more valuable in pass protection. But it would surprise me with Carson nowhere near the practice field all week if he stepped on the field Sunday and played. One of the reasons I was somewhat disappointed by the Seahawks' loss last week was if they had won the game, D.J. Metcalf's defensive play would have got even more play than it did because it was a loss that kind of got uh, somewhat pushed aside. It couldn't get completely pushed aside because it's one of the more amazing plays in the league over the last two, three, four, five years. Did Pete Carroll chide the defense at all that our best defensive play was made by one of our best offensive weapons? What the hell's wrong with the rest of you guys? Well, actually... He praised the defense because right after that play, they put up a goal line stand and stopped. That's true, too. Yeah, I I, I, I forgot that. My bad. 
Now that game completely changed there. They, the Cardinals could have taken a 14-13 lead. The Seahawks got the fourth down stop. They go 97 yards the other way and take a 20 to seven lead. One of three double digit leads they blew in that game. Metcalf's play, Jody. They will, the 2065 Seahawks are going to review that film of that play, <laughs> not just because of the speed, but because of the heart it showed. And Carroll loves that. The effort. The intangibles, the never give up. I mean, there'll be coaches in every sport that show film of that. And he, a man that big, 6'4, 230, who can run that fast, a 4'340, and run that fast for that long, Buddha Baker said he couldn't believe it that he, was, that he got caught up to. He ran by Russell Wilson like Wilson had just laid down on the field in, the, in about the 50 yard line. That was amazing to watch in the press box. That was in the press box in Phoenix. And I couldn't believe in front of my eyes to see a man on an NFL field where everyone's usually pretty fast to see someone that faster than anybody else in the field. I, I may never forget that play. I know in Seattle, that'll even though it was a loss, I led my game story with it, in fact, because that's if, if you tell your friends three or four weeks from now about that game, what will you remember? You'll remember that play. DJ Metcalf, exactly yeah. right. Um, all right, so uh, 49ers tomorrow. These two teams split the two games last year, but the 49ers took the one at the end of the season, which got them the division over the Seahawks. Is this a rivalry game? Do these two teams have a good disdain for each other, or is this just two really good NFC West teams, of which there are four, battling in the middle of the season? Oh, these are rivals, and the rivalry really got rekindled last year. It was huge with the Harbaugh years and Kaepernick and Richard Sherman and Crabtree in the end zone in the NFC title game here. And it flick, it flickered for a few years when San Francisco was down in the Chip Kelly years, Jim Tom Sula. But now it's back, and San Francisco's loaded. They had started seven players last week at New England who, on defense who had not been in the opening day starting lineup, and they still thumped the Patriots on their home field 33-6. They're still going to get a lot of outside zone lead runs, a lot of play action. Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy now. George Kittle is healthier than he was in September. They're down to their fourth running back as well, and they've had so many injuries on defense. But they still have Fred Warner in the middle at linebacker. Eric Armstead is still in there. This is the talent level in San Francisco, and I think Kyle Shanahan is a great in-game game caller that can take advantage of Seattle's weaknesses on defense. The key for Seattle is to take away the run game early and make Garoppolo beat you without play action, just dropping back and having to throw They've had success against San Francisco when they've been able to do that. They've had some success against George Kittle. Seattle's the only team Kittle has not scored a touchdown against in the division. The fewest catches against any division opponent for Kittle has been the Seahawks. So taking away the run, even though the 49ers are banged up in the back, so they're still going to run it, they want to put the game on Garoppolo's shoulders in the fourth quarter against Russell Wilson, and they think they can win. And I think you're going to see Seattle throw more than they have in recent games against the 49ers because of that banged-up secondary. Both safeties are hurt. Richard Sherman is out. I mentioned the, across the front, Nick Bosa is not playing, of course, out for the year. Uh, DeForest Buckner's now with the Colts. This is not as formidable a pass rush nor a pass defense as Seattle's been facing recently, and I think that's going to keep this trend this season so far of Russell Wilson throwing a lot, especially on early downs. Sunday. All right, last thing. If I tell you that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be good enough to put up 31 points, can Russ cook enough to get 32 or more with his offense against the Niner defense tomorrow? I think I think so. Without Bosa, 
uh, with the secondary beaten up. I mean, Seattle's leading the league in points right now at 34 points a game. It's their game right now. That's how they do it. They throw the ball and they throw it early on downs and they get quick strike scores. And I think they can do that against San Francisco. The question is still for them defensively. And, and they cannot live for the rest of the season giving up yards and points like they have. And we're going to see next week when Carlos Dunlap plays at Buffalo and presumably Jamal Adams is back. Uh, perhaps Damon Snacks Harrison, a third all-pro to that defense with Wagner and Adams. We may see a more full Seattle defense next week, but we're not going to quite see it tomorrow. Great, great stuff. Appreciate your insight. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the game tomorrow, bud. Thanks, Jerry. Always good to talk to you. Take care. My pleasure. Greg Bell, News Tribune in Seattle. He says, uh, yeah, he thinks the 49ers can score 30, 31 points but he thinks Russell can do more than that, which he has on average 34 points this year. That's pretty good offense and a pretty bad defense. The Seahawks, if if you're looking for scoring, if you're looking for excitement, you're looking for going up and down the field, you always got to be tuned to the Seahawks this year. Jody Mac coming back. We get the phones reopened. Love to have you join me. 855-212-4227. Be part of it on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.